Sacred Love Introduction If you can love one person you can love a thousand. We live in a sea and ocean of thought ambition, technology and passion. And within the turbulence we call life we are all hoping for a relationship that lasts forever, we know this relationship we feel it in our bones it is part of us. Love is at the heart of our very being. Sometimes we are confronted at every level, but we can't give up. We must never give up the idea that we can have a sacred relationship and share love in a way that it was meant to be. The challenge of this circumstance can seem like a selfish ambition until we realize that the desire for love in our relationships and our personal commitment to a better world are one and the same thing. The experience we create in our homes affects the world far, far, far beyond the boundaries of our own reality. It is time to change our perception of relationships. It is time for us to recognize the importance and the impact of our relationships on the world around us. Just having more love in our everyday life can have a greater impact than we considered possible. Our relationships have an effect on the environment that we create around us and so the world. What we do day to day in our relationships is far more important than we can appreciate at first glance. On a global healing scale, we may feel powerless to act, but our actions in everyday life reveal us and have an affect on the world whether we intend it or not. Violence causes violence, anger causes anger, love creates harmony. Therefore harmony in our relationships is far more important than just how we feel. It affects our children, our work and our extended family, the world, more than we can know. Harmony in love, sacred relationship, is an activity not just a feeling. Harmony at home means that we need to accept the diversities between ourselves and one other human being, and if we can love through this challenge, we can love many. Love one, love thousands. It begins at home. We need to rise above the separatism and righteousness to live in harmony with nature. There are just five simple laws of nature that can help us bring the love we seek and so wish to give our beloved into action. Those laws do not conflict with religion but sit above it, an umbrella, an insight to what life can be like before the religions divide life into competitions for different gods and goddess. Natural law is woven into the fabric of everything. At a personal level we have choice, and at this level religious leadership can be healthy. However, at a grander level, we have no choice but to be obedient to the laws that existed before humans translated them, defined them and divided them into different faiths. Nothing, even if we try, can defy those laws. They are the truth behind the truth, they are what exists before religion. The laws of nature are the key to great relationships. To fall in love is easy but to stay in love we need to understand these laws of nature. They help us grow through emotional challenge, rise above uncertainty, return to the state of in love any time we choose. Those laws of nature are actually natural. We know them already. However, they can be in direct contradiction to most of the emotion we have and therefore we can find ourselves rejecting what is natural. This is the source of disharmony, living in conflict with what is natural. There are many people who, in their righteous stand, argue that they are right. The environmental lobby, the anti-globalization lobby, the save the whale lobby, the chop the rainforest lobby. These groups fight for right, they have no trust in nature, or the powers higher than themselves. Their small views of life separate them into war and enemy. They are stuck in their own specialized perspective and their relationships at home would reveal the same broken link. Disharmony in the human heart is an infection that pervades a whole life, not just an attitude to the environment. As an example, love can exist everywhere, however, it requires more than love to stay in a relationship. It requires capacities and skill to deal with life. 
It certainly requires the capacity to find the right occupation and to be happy at work. These five laws of nature are an offer to help you know what is already within you. They are a way of helping you act with consciousness, love and an open heart in all your life, not just at home. If you can find true harmony with one person, you can find harmony with a thousand. Then you can really honor diversity and in doing so, move forward in love and life without so much violent righteousness. Let nature be your guide recognize that love and harmony is a lifestyle. Chapter 1 Back to Nature, Stillness, The Art of Falling in Love Life in the city has been strangely cut off from nature, so we have to learn, actually relearn the practice of mastery of perfect stillness. Stillness is an essential art and a great asset for any great relationship because it leads to spontaneous acts of falling in love over and over and over again. The key, perfect stillness is to learn how to do nothing, to sit under a beautiful tree, to watch the movement of water, to listen to rain on an old tin roof. It is like lying on your back dreaming, but you do it together, and in those moments with the phone turned off and nothing to do, you and your lover can fall in love any time you choose. The key is to be doing nothing. Be still, perfect stillness is about the art of falling in love over and over and over and over again. It means that the first time you fall in love with somebody is not the best time, it is just the first time. Perfect stillness is also about falling in love with life. Being alone, with friends, at work with an open heart. In our lives we experience that connection with nature, that perfect moment of truth, it's called falling in love. Falling because it bypasses the ego, now this involves your mind, and your emotions they are completely out of the way and this is an art we have lost. In the moment of egolessness, there is no time, so you are not worrying about the time, there is no space if you are not worrying about who you are and where you are and where you are going and where you came from. So all your worries and particularly all your expectations are gone. Now think about this, all your expectations what does it mean? You are not expecting yourself to fall in love, you are not expecting yourself not to fall in love, you are not expecting to be sexy, you are not expecting to have great experiences, you are just lying there surrendering. So you have to create an environment, and this what a lot of people don't have in their lives, an environment where they can relax and bond in stillness. The kids come in, the phone will ring, they don't know how to turn off or they don't have the opportunity to turn off. In perfect stillness, you are for that one perfect moment in stillness, completely stress-free and disarmed, totally in love. Now you may not think you are in love but this is what we are going to learn. Reconnecting with nature, and the perfect stillness it creates, is also a physical experience. What do you see when you see someone who has found stillness or fallen in love? Their aging drops away, their posture changes, their whole mechanism operates differently, it is a totally beautiful moment, the stillness of love. So this is the foundation on which I am suggesting we can base a relationship, the sacred experience of being in nature, when everything disappears stillness comes over you and you are just there, in love. It doesn't mean making love although we do find perfect stillness at some stages during the time of making love, but this is actually the act of sitting down, lying down, under a tree, in the lounge, everything off, no fire burning, no frills and fancies, no champagne to dull the mind, just emptiness, simply being together. That's why we call falling in love sacred. In this moment the ego just loses control and without warning we fall past the defenses and become in love. Actually we can fall in love anytime we like because that love in our heart is always there. It is hidden behind our mind, our beliefs and our expectations and our worries and our fears all those things that construct the ego sit in front of our love, so for most of us falling in love happens when we least expect it. 
when we are relaxed when there is no tension, agitation, or ambition or struggle. Now in this sacred moment we are fully present in love there is no time, no space, no fear, no judgment. We are spontaneously thrown back into ourselves, and this is the great sign that we are lost, disorientated, we can't remember our own name, we don't even remember where we are, time and space vanish, and out of the thin air we fall in love. It is the most amazing experience in life, in fact many yogis and meditators go trying finding the space, but you can find it every, every day by falling in love. When you fall in love, our friends laugh at us, they see us, they see us, we are gone, when we fall in love, we are illogical, we are not even rational, and here we are enlightened, just for a few seconds, hours or days, we are enlightened and it does not take a partner to cause this to happen. When you fall in love the whole mechanisms of the ego is gone. You have touched your being in your center and you feel you are at the source of truth. That means you don't care about global warming, you don't care whether the children got home from school, you don't care about your bank account, you don't care about that contract at work, you are absolutely there in presence. Now, if you can achieve this experience which is not so difficult, a bliss fills you, a fragrance surrounds you, suddenly you are not the same person you were, and it hits you very deeply. That is why love transforms so much of life, if you are able to feel in love, you cannot hide it is impossible, this is what people fear when they feel love, they fear being exposed, like some single people who had a bad relationship and they fear being exposed again so they kinda stay single, or some people dance around love with a bunkmate or something like that so that they can have the physical intimacy but escape the exposure of love. That is not what we are talking about we are not interested in this book about physical experiences that lack the experience of total bliss and stillness we are interested in the whole bundle, true love, heart, mind, body and soul. This is what happens when you fall in love, the mind can't work, its whole function becomes useless, it is absurd, you don't even need it, the person that you were longing to become and the person you were longing for are all here. Now what? Your heart was searching for love and now it is here, the ego can't think, it goes into shock, but this is its spontaneous truth, it is sacred. You can be the bravest hero the greatest tycoon, the greatest athlete even a rock idol or a movie star, but love does not care who you are, or what you do it cuts through you it reveals you and brings our whole being into the vulnerable space of uncertainty, you are lost, your feet leave the floor, this is what you dreamed of and only your ego can save you, prevent it or stop you. Let's be clear about this point, the ego means the self, you have a working self, you have a healthy self, you have a business banking self, you might have a socially conscious self you might have a father or mother and therefore you will have a parenting self, a self-self, so we are talking about falling past these selves, these selves we define as the ego. And this is what we have to deal with in relationship. The problem we have is that the ego has become so strong and disguised, we can't tell which is real and which is ego. We go to spirituality which is meant to eliminate the ego, but spirituality and yoga just becomes another ego trip, legitimized, so instead of breaking down the ego, we most often build it up. The reason for this uncontrolled dominance of the ego is consumerism. We desire more of everything, and the king or queen of desire, is the ego. Once we were connected to nature, the ego remained a valuable asset, to be used when needed, but held in check by our connection to the earth, the spirit of nature lived in us and we in it, but life in the city has been cut off from nature. The ego is in control of most of us. 
We have these buildings that have taken the place of mountains and the roar of traffic has been substituted for that of a beautiful stream so something definitely happens to city people because they become brutal and polished they have church and museums and drinks and theater and beautiful clothes and endless shops, there is people everywhere in the buildings and the streets and the rooms but while all this happens a beautiful cloud sails across the sky and few people look up. There is the Russian turmoil and so little time for stillness. I was traveling recently and a friend asked me to go for a morning walk, it was an awesome park we went through, we left home and we started talking about the corporate strategy of his business and new ideas for the renovations of his house and a lot of personal things, we walked for an hour and I listened to all his information and was very intriguing and when we arrived to his house I asked him if he would like to do the walk my way all over again. So this time I asked him to follow my guide in silence, we got to a tree I put my hand on the tree and motioned to him to do the same just to touch the bark to get his fingers dirty, to feel the texture, imagine the journey the bark had been through just to get where it was now. Then I pointed to the bird that was shuffling in the leaves nearby, a beautiful bright color bird and we both smiled at each other and I saw the glint in his eye that was not there before and you know something, suddenly his physical being started to change. We walked on and came to a grassy hilltop. It was damp from the rain and I lied on it I soaked myself in the warmth and the smell and rolled down the hill like a kid I began to laugh he followed reluctantly to get wet but in the end he was soaked and he was laughing his head off and after a while we walked on and there was a bridge and we stormed right over that bridge on that first time round but this time we stepped off the bridge and I put my feet into the small creek and searched below the crystal clear water for rocks and stones and he did the same. This is a gras example of how it feels just reconnecting with nature. The spontaneous act of reconnecting with nature, and therefore falling in love, can become an essential part of your daily routine. The idea of meditation at the beginning of the day is more than sitting with your legs crossed staring at a statue or some icon that you have invented, trying to become a person you are not. The idea is to be yourself and to go for a little walk and find things you like and find things you admire, take the iPod throw it away for a few minutes in the morning, just experience life and try to get life nature itself to be your meditation tool. When you commit to be open you truly backfall in love from any time you choose, we go straight past the ego, straight past the intellect and that is what we are trying to practice in the morning out there. There is no me, there is no I what do I think, what do I feel what is happening to me, it is all gone, we are looking at nature we are experiencing the reality of life around us that is the meditation we are all searching for. Now the great thing about getting up every day and connecting with nature, is that finding stillness in the morning sets you up for the whole day. It's like practicing real-life meditation in circumstances like walking around the house, lighting a candle looking at a picture you love, picking a flower, touching the earth even sipping a glass of water or eating a piece of fruit, the great thing about this everyday stillness it means it is not circumstantial. Now we so often become dependent on practices that make us feel good that require a room or a teacher or an environment we go off to but really what we have to try to do is be there now, in our practice be there every day and be able to return, if we lose our stillness, be able to return to it, whether we are on the bus, or the tram or in the back of the taxi, driving the car and something happens, we need to click get back into the stillness and that is why the practice of connecting with nature every day, especially in the morning, is so important for you. You ask yourself this question, when was the last time that you and your lover lay on the grass on a starlit night, looked up the heavens and opened your heart to love without action, lying there on the soft grass looking out from a tiny home the perfection is obvious even to a troubled soul, and under the canopy of the stars one can reach out way, way beyond this little perspective of life and embrace all that humanity has to offer. 
We realize, we are just a fragment, a fragment of such a big story, story of love as told in this book. Fragmented humanity unifies with magnificent understandings of that universal vista. Look at the stars and think how small is this planet how small must my worries be and ultimately how small are my dramas that keep me from living to my fullest potential to understand the whole of creation not just a fragment of it, it is a great gift. Look up and see the universe, see your life, your religion and your world in a bigger context, a great magnificent order. Think about your worries and your judgments and your opinions and your values and think about them in terms of 3 billion years of creation nature has been running this planet and another 3 to 8 billion years they said it is going to be here and we are worried about the woodchoppers and we are worried about the whales how biased and self-righteous have we become no wonder we are finding it hard to really surrender to a moment of stillness in love we think we are in control. Lying there, far away from the claustrophobia of air-conditioned offices, Digitized button pushing television watching lounge rooms let your thoughts drift don't try and do anything, surrender. More and more in love you become, be alive in this world of nature, let your heart and mind wonder and stay warm, just rest. Consider that to find love within ourselves and therefore promote love within our relationships we must learn to be alone because when we are lying there underneath the stars, and we are lying there looking up at the stars we are alone, even if we are beside somebody. Then our mind is no longer in the action of frustration if we can really, really come to peace within ourselves. We often stay busy in order to avoid love, sometimes in this stillness of being alone we don't like our own company and there is no one to blame for it. Like the monk that used to meditate on a boat and one day in deep water, when the boat was floating he fell asleep and it banged into something he woke up enraged and started to scream before he turned around and realized that there was no one to scream at and he realized that the boat had become his guru. A great example of the power of reconnecting with nature is when I take people up to Nepal, it is the most beautiful place on earth, and I take them up and along the way they are talking and they are chatting and they are excited about seeing it and we walk through villages and trek up mountains and then they get to the sacred lakes and they are chatting and they are talking and they take a few photos and then I watched and they just sit on the rock by the edge of the aqua blue water surrounded by the most beautiful mountains in the world and they stop, they stop. They stop thinking they stop talking they stop photographing they even are not hungry for the few moments that we are seating there, and they see the miracle and they experience the awe the absolute awe of being in love. But we all can't go to Nepal or seat in Zen retreats every five minutes to learn this art of stillness all we need to do is seat in nature. Lie under the stars, sit by a lake, go into a local park during lunchtime and watch a tree grow. You will find it there. Nature will guide you, if you are in love, it will show, in your eyes, in your face, in the way you walk, in the way that you see everything in the way that you feel about life. Try to avoid staying in an office from 8 o'clock in the morning until 6 o'clock at night without one breath of fresh air, even going down the elevator and walking out the front door of the office and standing under a tree for a couple of minutes will help. The stillness that comes from nature, helps in dealing with emotional drama too. More than 20 years ago I went though a bad divorce. One day I was a successful, wealthy, healthy and happy businessman, the next I was not. My wife and my three children, I loved them so much, sailed off into the wide blue yonder. I was just broken down and I could not think of what to do. I sat on a beach one day it was two years since they had left and I was still going through hell on earth, and I sat on a beach and I looked up and there was the moon in the middle of the morning, and I was so surprised to see it was a full moon and I looked up and I thought, my kids are looking at that moon, in fact, I bet they are looking at it right now, somewhere in the world and I thought I am not disconnected from them at all. 
We are all connected it is just that I am physically not with them I am not able to control them and in some senses what I expect from them has no bearing and then my heart so opened, it is quite amazing, my heart so opened because all I could do was feel love for my children and then the guilt went away and the blame went away and the anger and the disappointment went away, and all of the sudden I was seating in absolute stillness, and I understood what it was like to get behind my ego. I understood what it was like to get past my father self my money self my parent self my partner self I understood that what was behind that was pure love and this is the journey of this first chapter getting past the ego, getting past the busyness appreciating the fact that great relationships need moments of nothingness, absolute emptiness in order to celebrate the very foundation of my heart and soul in love. Chapter 2 Respect Romance in a Busy World Nature grows at the border of chaos and order. No matter what happens, everything evolves at that border. We have no choice about it but if we distance ourselves from nature, and all that it represents we can get very heady, and forget some very important truths. Our relationships, business and health all evolve along this continuum, along an invisible line between order and chaos, support and challenge. If we are disconnected from the laws of nature, we'll wobble along that line happy one day, sad the next. Totally emotionally up and down and this is sabotage for our relationships. We need to stay consistent, committed to quality control in our relationships and doing so is automatic to the person who remains connected to the earth. Nature always makes us humble and thankful. I am a country person and people in the country are usually thankful for small blessings. They know how easy their luck can change. Putting all this aside, relationships in the city are notoriously volatile. We're not connected to nature in our cars, offices, boats, exercise gyms, yoga classes, conferences, hotels, buses and love life. We're busy, and busy means gym equipment and yoga gear, get it done as fast as possible so we can do something else. We lose ourselves in ourselves. We lose the preciousness of eye contact because we're disconnected from nature. We just the world in pollution and greenhouse gas, but our own lives are full of gas too. We're the pollution, disconnected from the beauty and slowness of nature. Love is cumulative and little acts of forgetfulness add up to big problems of painfulness. Our relationships are a perfect mirror of the wonder of nature. And in nature, little things count. So, don't wait for Christmas, Valentine's Day, birthdays or special occasions to show your partner that you love them. Make every day of your life a Valentine's Day, act like today is the most important day of your relationship, turn up on time, do something kind, Prioritize your lover over your work all compromises in a relationship add to its demise. Never forget your relationship is the most important thing in the universe. Desire is the mind playing tricks and one of the worst tricks desire creates is consumption. Never happy with what we've got, we often hunt for more, even when we don't need it. We get on the got to have more treadmill and can't get off. Too many people come to their relationships wanting to change something or comparing what they have with some ideal that exists in their mind always wanting more and better. But such a perspective will sabotage their love they have. Sacred relationships grow from the spiritual perspective that nothing is missing. Even the poorest person is wealthy in some form and therefore can appreciate life, even the most terrible person is beautiful in some form and therefore can be appreciated. This is the universal law, the law of abundance. The person with abundance does not look into the world and see what is missing, to them there is nothing missing it is beautiful, perfect. Things just change in form, this is the abundance we crave, this is how we fall in love abundance is what the Swami in the cave lives for, because he or she lives for the reality that the universe is an abundant place. God exists in everything, 
therefore, there is no mine in yours, there are no boundaries. In abundance there are no boundaries, no hate, nothing to change, just pure love. Sacred love demands that you find appreciation for what you already have and therefore have an abundant mentality. By being thankful for what you already have you close the appetite for wanting to fix the world. In modern society one is told to look outside oneself for happiness, it is an approach to life that causes so much suffering because it begins with the premise I don't have something or something is wrong. Automatically there is a loss, because I have the premise that I am without and if I do the right thing, I will have, and then I will be happy. This mindset kills romance and it certainly kills love. An abundant mindset brings out a smile about life a sense of humor the ability to see beauty everywhere anytime then appreciation the natural even in the most challenging situations you can hold the awareness of appreciation. This is romance there is nothing missing. It just changes in form. Nothing escapes, all of nature is interconnected, nothing is missing, it just changes in form. When you understand this transparency in everyday life, you don't get bent out of shape so easy, you get to process the drama that keeps many people out of love. Life becomes transparent you don't get caught. With this mindset, you see with objectivity, respond with spontaneity and honest intent. You appreciate people for who they are not for who they could be. Within stillness you respond with love there is no in between. This is the spiritual perspective that all the great saints and all the great leaders that have walked this planet in a spiritual sense at least have demonstrated. Love needs appreciation. You are perfect, your lover is perfect, you are both perfect and everything else is perfect. Sometimes we don't see that perfection and then we start being critical we start wanting to rescue people, we start trying to change what is, but that is the mindset that causes relationships to fail. It is the delusional mindset and this is the mindset that sabotages a relationships. Simple techniques can help, it is not an attainment but a discovery. A discovery that there are two sides to everything, Nothing is missing there is always two sides and the wise person knows that there are two sides and appreciates the positive. This is the core of the most loving and potent state of mind that you can create. Spiritually it begins with the acceptance of everyone, including yourself and your partner possess every human trade. Even if you could work for the whole of your life and try to eliminate all the negative things within you, nothing is ever missing it just changes form. In our relationships we often feel we are not getting what we want but this is not the truth. We are just not getting what we want in the form that we want it in, but we are getting what we want it just may not be in the form we asked for it. For example, we might be wanting our partner to contribute in the cleaning of the house and we say you are not cleaning the house, but that is not the truth. Their house cleaning might be financial, their house cleaning might be in their consideration and love for you, their house cleaning might be taking you to a cafe or restaurant. So it is not the lack of something happening it is just that we want to change the form of it. And the truth of the matter is, if you don't appreciate things the way you have them you won't get them the way you want them. So it is fine to say, it is not happening the way I wanted it but it's not fine to say it is not happening. Being critical complaining of something missing it is actually manifesting loss. If you see that you are getting what you want in a different form, you are going to think abundance, but if you are always hunting, wanting change, then you're always going to come into your relationships with negativity and complaints. Then it's like a broken record, this is missing, that is missing, this is not good enough and this eventually will drive your partner away. Whatever you don't appreciate depreciates. A great example of this is affection. Let's say you want an affection from your lover and you believe that they are not giving it to you, 
and the only way you can comprehend that affection can take place between two people is with contact so you start grumbling that your lover is not affectionate, complaining because your friends have affection you see them kissing in the park, you say why we don't kiss in the park we are not affectionate. But your lover might have different ways of expressing their affection, it might be in a sense of protectiveness or strength, or it might be in the sense of working for the long term to find you financial security. Nothing is missing, the real question is what form is it in? You are having all the affection you can dream of right now, no matter how your relationship looks, it is just in a form you may not appreciate. Real abundance means looking for what you are getting it and being thankful, for the form that it is coming in. People become as you treat them. Always remember this because if you are walking around bemoaning the fact that you are not getting what you want in the form you want it, then you guarantee that your partner will withdraw from you. People become as you treat them if you don't appreciate what you've got, you will lose it. And it is the same with people, if you keep criticizing and complaining they will become belittled and they will start acting and withdraw the very thing that you will like them to present to you. Even if the sky falls and they leave you, if you really love them you will let go happily. Love has no expectations, all pain in relationships comes from blocked love so an abundant mindset is a wonderful opportunity to bring devotion to your relationships. The real issue is whether you are prepared to make the abundance between you and your lover a priority in your life. That means to change your mind when you see something that you don't like. Look for the positive, look for what you can appreciate and even in the negatives there is a benefit there is a gift, even appreciate the downside. In the whole universe every molecule has a place a role a gift if you can just be thankful for what you have for the blessing of life itself and remind yourself of how lucky you are then your whole life will change. Even the immune system of the human body is hardwired into the mind of appreciation so when we have thankfulness for what we have our health improves. When it comes to romance every thought you think every action you take and every feeling that passes though your mind and heart affects your relationship. Romance it is not limited to the small duties and tasks that you perform, romance includes the way you think the way you feel and you have control of these things. Remembering what you appreciate grows. Your thoughts carry with them a power far greater than most people can guess at. Truth comes to the surface whether we are running or kissing or talking or reading or working or making love, so choosing our thoughts and our feelings is a vital ingredient of romance. This is exactly what you can learn, whatever you are doing now do it with love, do it with appreciation, don't avoid it, don't run away from things, appreciate what you've got, appreciate the other person, appreciate yourself and in this ways your choices will be made wisely. It is the same as if a little pebble is thrown into the sea and stirs the water, it is hard to comprehend the extent to which this ripple is going to travel, even a great ocean is influenced by a single stone. We may not see it, we may not be conscious of it but a single thought given the right conditions has the potential to build into a huge tidal wave of opportunities. We have to monitor our thoughts, be mindful about the way we think of our partner. Any negative thought that we hang on to is going to sabotage our relationship. You can control your mind and therefore create a loving relationship but if you can't control your mind if you are emotional, and your emotions control your life then you are going to have a seesaw topsy-turvy relationship most of which will end up an emotional disaster. This is an important consideration because how you use your mind, which controls your emotions by the way, has an effect in your relationship more than in any other thing that you do. Without saying a word you protect and your project and your feelings and your emotions are transmitted to everyone around you but most particularly your partner. It is all about the way we think the mindset we bring to life. If you can reconnect yourself with nature, get out and get your hands dirty in the garden or simply enjoy a walk in a park, you'll get to calm your mind, and your thoughts will automatically improve. If you could, 
In your daily life examine every action that has created a disagreeable attitude or caused negativity or lack of appreciation and you change those, it would change your life forever. A loving human being is not exclusive a loving human being is a loving human being, and they love everybody, so this attitude of appreciation crosses all the boundaries of life, even sitting alone you would be sitting there with a feeling of appreciating of what is before you. Every word we speak is important it is not only our thoughts, but if we speak with negativity if we focus our language on negative things, if we talk about problems of friends and problems in the newspaper and talk about all the things like the woes of the world, we are eventually going to sabotage our health. Staying in love is a matter of creating a loving attitude it is a way of being it is like the culture of your family. It is more than encouragement it is appreciation, it is more than gratitude for what is good, it is appreciation for both good and bad news. The four most important ingredients that bring romance and harmony into a relationship are kindness, care and compassion, contentment and of course gentleness. Chapter 3, Healing